Live from the TCL Broadcast Studios, it's Joe Suchere and Patrick Royce with Sports Talk. Joined by the nation's voice of football, Tom Pelissero. Where did you just come in from? Los Angeles, where it's uh, probably 50 degrees warmer and 80 degrees warmer than this room. Isn't this something? I can't. Uh, in there. I struggle with the thermostat in here. Uh, what was uh, was was it NFL business that had you in LA? Yeah, the Rams are coming here this yeah, weekend. True. I that's will be true. doing that game. I got the memo this morning that first live shots at 6 a.m. sharp on Sunday morning before For the whom? game. So on the network. But I mean, I mean, I mean, what what's the um, what vibe are you getting at 6 a.m.? You can smell the coffee oh, it's, and donuts. Well, it's dark. Yes. It's 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 kind of fun. The early I've done a couple of games there now. No, there's nobody out there. <laughs> I mean, it's a ghost town. But you walk in, it's it's completely empty in the building. You know, you got the whole place to yourself. You could run naked across the 50 yard line. Please Nobody's don't. stopping you. Please don't. Haven't done it yet. Like the guy in Buffalo last week. Yeah, how the about na- that? The naked sprinter. It's dark days for the Bills. Yeah, and they they do get out there pretty early. What do you mean? Tailgating. What do you mean for the network? For I NFL Network. Well, I didn't know you work for NFL now. <laughs> well, you work for USA Today. Joe, I'm Tom Pelissero. How are you? <laughs> Good to see you. Joe might not be up for that 6 a.m. Uh, well, when, when are, you, are you no longer USA Today? I left USA Today in July. That's why I haven't <laughs> I haven't been here in a while. You didn't just it's sell been a kind of a busy Reaver, fall. Did you? Huh? What? It's been a busy fall. I haven't been here in a while. So now you're a TV personality. I am. For God's sakes. Are you done writing? I write occasionally. Well, for Pete's sake. Well, for make the jump to TV. So when do I just... turn on the TV to see you? Because I'm not turning it on at 6 a.m. 6, 6, so I could give you the whole list. 6, 15, 7, 7, 30, you know, all Sunday morning. And in the afternoons on the NFL Network. Yeah. Wow. Congratulations. You know, we got a stack of USA Today's. I, I would have thought you would have noticed that my head wasn't in there anymore. Yes, I just, I'm not picking it up as often as I used to. Because you're not there. Because the type keeps getting bigger and yeah, bigger, and the yeah. number of columns keeps shrinking. <laughs> right. It's now what is it? Three columns across. Looks different. It does look different. Uh, so, will Zimmer start Keenum Sunday? Yes, because there's speculation around and about that he's playing a cat and mouse game, and he's going to spring Teddy out there. But why would he? Keenum's playing pretty well. That's exactly it. Yeah. You. I don't know what the historical precedent would be for benching a quarterback. When you're on a five-game winning streak? Yeah, I don't either. And it's not as if you've got Tom Brady in his prime coming back. Nothing against Teddy Bridgewater whatsoever. Right. But Keenum's playing at a fairly high level. Mm -hmm. You're obviously able to win with him. And nobody knows exactly. Nobody can speak with certainty to what is Teddy Bridgewater going to be when you put him into a game Mm -hmm. for the first time in almost two years. No, and this guy's on a winning streak. There's ups, go. upside to the unknown, but they will take the known when the known is working. Mm-hmm. Well, what what do you think of the Vikings' chances to get to the Super Bowl? Because wouldn't that be something to play in your hometown? It would. I I think defensively, they're very good. Mm-hmm. A lot of talent on that side of the ball. They've played at a high level there. Offensively, it's hard to argue with what they've done. I mean, we talk so much about the quarterback. You forget that they lost their best offensive player in week four, Dalvin Cook. Mm-hmm. He was okay. down. They were two and two. Dalvin's hurt. Bradford's hurt. Plenty of people were ready to punt on the season. Right. They bring out Bradford in that Monday night game. He can't move. Right. Keenum comes off the bench, and all of a sudden you've started to build this momentum. I, I'll say this. It's not a year where you look at the NFC and say there are clear-cut 
dominant teams. Mm-hmm. Eagles have played very well. They're eight and one. Their quarterback's playing well, Carson Wentz. Their defense up front, they're really dangerous there. That's the best team right now, but beyond that, what you know, the, the Rams are seven and two. They're coming in here. The Vikings are seven and two. Rodgers is hurt. That obviously has a significant crippling effect on Green Bay's chances. Seattle is always good. They're mm-hmm. always there, but they just lost Richard Sherman for the season, which is a big deal for their defense. And a bunch of the teams that I think people thought were going to be good have not played well to this point in the season. Whether you're talking about Dallas, the Giants are 1-8, and eight, the mm-hmm. Buccaneers, the Falcons who were in the Super Bowl and were up 28-3 to three in the third quarter, and I had an entire story written for what was then USA Today, and yeah. portions of you're that with, story made the, the paper with a different lead. You're with the network now. I am with the Isn't network that now. That's something. <laughs> I had no idea. This is still, this is still hitting home. It is, and you got the network haircut going. It looks like. Yeah, I think this is how it's been for a while, isn't it? it? Yeah. I think this was uh, you got to wear a years suit. Ago. Yeah. Yep. Suits every day. I hear a lot about that. Really? It's on the on the sideline of Rams practice yesterday, and that's what everybody kept coming. Look at you. You have to Look wear at a the suit. Hollywood. You have to wear a suit at a practice. Suit every day. Why are the Rams having such a great year? Their coach is really good, Sean mm-hmm. McVay, who's mm-hmm. thirty-one years old. That's the head coach of the team, youngest ever. Really smart. He's got Wade Phillips there, who's old enough to be his grandpa, but he's right. the defensive coordinator. He's a really respected coach, and they they had talent. Mm-hmm. I mean, they had, you know, I think, a coaching staff that certainly was not maximizing the talent with Jeff Fisher and company out there. They're really good players on both sides. A young quarterback in Jared Goff, who's performed well. They're utilizing their running back Todd Gurley, and they brought in some weapons. They brought in the right type of people. There's just there's a very positive vibe, and that's not just because they've won games. That's from the moment that he got there. Mm-hmm. Big part of it, you know, in the hiring cycles, and I've been talking with a lot of people about this lately because we're almost to Black Monday and people getting fired and then the hiring process. There's a very strong trend if you look over time. Everybody hires the offensive or defensive coordinator from the best team. Mm-hmm. That That's who gets hired. Mm-hmm. It's offensive and defensive coordinators who just were in the playoffs with their teams. Well, there's a lot more that goes into being a head coach than simply diagramming plays, play calling, scheming. It's also the command of the room. Mm-hmm. It's being able to be a leader of men, to be able to connect with people in every corner of the locker room. There were a lot of doubts about whether or not McVeigh at 31 years old was going to be able to do that. But talking to players even this summer, the word was this, this was going to be something different. There was something about him that believed in when he'd talk football, when he'd get on the board, when he'd get in front of people. Guys bought in quickly, and that seemed to have had a, a very positive effect. Are there, there players on the Rams older than he is? I, yeah, Andrew Whitworth has to be 35, their left tackle. John Sullivan, who used to be the center here, is about the same age. He's probably a little bit older than him. That might be historical first. You have a, a coach younger than some of his players. The previous youngest, I think, was Lane Kiffin, if I'm not mistaken, when he went to the Raiders when he was like 32. What Josh McDaniels, McDaniels out in Denver yeah, was another say. really young one. And Lane Kiffin went downhill for a lot of reasons that had nothing to do with being young. You know, you have to kind of separate that. It's, well, do young coaches succeed or fail? John Madden was a really young mm-hmm. uh, head coach when he started. There's some of the other best coaches in, in NFL history. John Gruden got a job when he was really young, too. Those guys tend to stand out. So I know that part of the, the thought process when the Rams were going through this with McVay was a- asking, okay, we're hearing from all these people, well, yeah, he's really good, but he's a year or two away. Mm-hmm. Well, why does that matter? Mm-hmm. If you think he's going to be the guy in two years, well, we're not going to hire somebody else and hope that guy fails and then hire McVay in two years. Like, if we like him, we think we can do it, why not just go mm-hmm. and 
hire him now, which then makes me think, and I wrote, did write a story about this for NFL.com a few weeks ago, who's now going to go out and try to hire the next young coach, mm-hmm. right? Because every time that there's, if you, you're succeeding with old coaches, you're succeeding with defensive coaches, young coaches, whatever, if that works, then everybody else is going to try to copy it. Who's who's going to be the next next young guy? There's there's not a lot of is guys. That the, is that the trend right now to go with a young guy? It will be now because yeah. the Rams are winning with McVay. Yeah. So somebody's going to try to invent somebody potentially who's may or may not actually be uh, be ready for the job. But it's very rare at that age, even under age forty. I mean, I struggled to come up with a whole lot of guys who would who would fit in that category and had any chance to get a job this Look year. Look at the young guys who are now in head offices in baseball. They're plucking guys right out of college. And you're seeing younger GMs in the NFL, too. Mm-hmm. You're seeing mm-hmm. guys age 40 and under mm-hmm. getting more of those jobs, yeah, which is also can. a contributing factor to something else that's happened in the NFL recently, which is there's a lot more trades. Mm-hmm. And that's one thing that people talk about is there are more of those guys. The old school football mentality was, this is my roster. Like, these are my guys. Mm-hmm. We're developing these guys. I'm sticking with them. Ted Thompson's done that as much as anybody over in Green Bay. Mm-hmm. You know, being a draft and develop program, rarely going to free agency, don't do a lot of trades. Well, all of a sudden, I think you're you're seeing people come in new, and whether it's the analytic background or just a more aggressive mindset, like the Bills and Sean McDermott and Brandon Bean took over, they've pulled all sorts of trades. They've probably done six or seven trades since the start of training camp What's with Black, like known players. What's Black Monday? Black Monday is where everybody gets fired the day after the final Sunday of the regular season. Oh, okay. Yeah. Generally. Mm-hmm. Although last, last year for GMs, there were GMs fired right after the season. There was a GM fired in April. June and July. Teams were making moves very late. Mm-hmm. It was such an odd year from John Lynch getting the 49ers job with no scouting experience whatsoever to successful GMs. Dave Gettleman took the help the Panthers get to the Super Bowl a couple of years ago. He gets fired in June. John Dorsey, who'd done a really good job with the roster in Kansas City, he gets fired in July. Hmm. And it's, I mean, there's a lot of contributing factors there in terms of contracts and interpersonal dynamics and everything else. But yeah, you're seeing more of those younger guys and that, that does have a, an influence. Doesn't mean it's going to work just like, Oh, we're going to hire any young guy. No, of course that's not going to work. You need to get the the right people, but maybe this, maybe this will make people take a step back when they look at Sean McVay and say, okay, do we need to widen how we're viewing the, uh, the talent pool just because this is proof that just because you meet the certain demographic does not mean that you're the right guy for the job. Rook, can you take us to break? We'll be back with more. Tom Pellicero joining us. Uh, We'll be back in a moment. What do you make of the uh, Jerry Jones-Roger Goodell controversy? Jerry Jones said to be uh, negatively impacting the league. He's taken family business outside the league. Whatever that means. The starting point, and what I could say objectively, is... In May, the 32 owners voted unanimously to authorize the compensation committee to negotiate a new contract with Roger Goodell. Mm -hmm. In other words, every owner said, yep, he's our commissioner. Including Jerry Jones. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Everybody unanimously said, extend them. So everything from there is a negotiation. Mm -hmm. It seems as if Jerry Jones, and he's made that clear publicly, is not thrilled with the terms that they have negotiated or the way that the contract is structured and has threatened potential legal consequences to sue the league, which, unless you're Al Davis, is a very unusual thing that does not sit well with your 31 business partners. Mm -hmm. And 
It's now led to this rebuke from the compensation committee from Arthur Blank, in essence saying Jerry needs to stand down and we're going to do what we were authorized to do. Mm-hmm. That, that's, you know, negotiations rarely play out publicly. And I think because of the amount of criticism leveled at Roger Goodell, particularly over the past four or five years here, makes him an easy target. But the idea that there's this coterie of owners that's trying to overthrow the process, well, you had your opportunity in May. You could have voted against it. Mm -hmm. There are things such as the National Anthem protests, um, other things that have happened since then. Ezekiel Elliott, Mm -hmm. which, of course, is Jerry Jones' player, who he's repeatedly said did nothing wrong and got suspended six games under the personal conduct policy for domestic violence. Those are the two main things that have happened. Right. Certainly for Jerry, some things may have changed. For other owners, with the way that things were handled in terms of the protests, that could have also influenced people. But again, you were already down that road. You had already voted and said, let's extend him. I believe, this is off the top of my head, so I'm not certain, but I believe Goodell's contract is up in about a year and a half. Mm -hmm. And the collective bargaining agreement expires in about three and a half years, March of 2021. A little over three years. So you don't want to be pushing up against that or have the commissioner with no contract, you want to extend him beyond that beyond that point so you know here's who's leading us through the labor negotiations. And owners were very happy with how Goodell did last time. They feel as if the deal was good for them. But might they look at that and say, look, this guy wants $50 million and we can get Todd Lewicki for half that? I don't know exactly what the numbers are. Lewicki is somebody who certainly has risen in prominence. Mm-hmm. I've gotten to know Todd a little bit. Um, he's been one of the things he's done at the NFL office is a lot of the restructuring that they've done. Mm-hmm. They've changed things around with departments and put in new people heading up those departments. He's kind of gotten the office uh, more in order. There's a, any number of people you could you could go in different directions. But again, owners do know whatever issues they have with how certain controversies have been handled, the direction that the game has gone, whatever that they feel as if Roger Goodell has helped them make a lot of money. Okay. And money drives a lot of things. Do you think the long-term economic uh, outlook for the NFL is still great? Well, revenue continues to go up mm-hmm. at a sizable rate, just going off of, so the, the salary cap in the NFL is a function of revenue. Right. So they do an audit. The NFLPA gets to audit the NFL and say, here's how much money there actually is. And the cap has gone from $123 million in 2013 to $167 million per team this year. That's a jump. So $44 million times 32 teams, not including the benefits number. Mm-hmm. And that's only a portion of revenue. That's about half of revenue. 47%, I think, comes out to. So you're, you're talking about a huge growth, billions of dollars in recent years that they've been able to grow. One of the things that is... I think makes the climate more uncertain just from talking to people in the league and seeing how things are playing out before our eyes. A lot of the revenue has been driven in the past by these monster television deals, mm-hmm. long-term multi-network billion, multi-billion dollar deals. Well, with the way that people are cutting the cord, you're losing millions of cable subscribers. Fewer people are watching TV. They are still consuming it. So how do you then utilize all these other platforms, which is where you've seen the NFL put games on Yahoo, on Amazon, on Twitter. And if you think about it, there are ways that leverage that into a more lucrative marketplace because you might have 50 different websites that are mm-hmm. all thinking, if we can get NFL games, mm-hmm. even you know beyond the Amazon's Yahoo's, you're running whatever.com. We buy in, we pay millions of dollars for a couple of games. 
that's going to help us launch this product. Mm-hmm. And the one thing that NFL football or live sports in general has that your regular TV doesn't have is people watch it on time. People watch it live. Mm-hmm. That doesn't happen. I don't care how big of a fan you are of TV shows. Of, I know you're a huge Scandal fan, Joe. Whatever it might be. I'm not sure I've ever seen Scandal. You're still probably tuning in a half hour late so you can fast forward through all the commercials. No, don't know how to do that. I, I watch the show and then a click little, to a different channel if there's commercials. Many people. You want to do technology corner? <laughs> He's not that advanced. <laughs> Reavers, do you watch anything live besides sports? Uh, news. The news, but other than that, no. Rook? Uh, yes, I do. I watch I do watch. Live. I do watch some live. What do you watch? Dancing with the Stars? Damn it. It's on in my home. Sure. Favorite show. Sure. Favorite show, Rook. Sure. What is it? Uh, I uh, right now I'm watching The Crown, so I do like The Crown. What's The Crown? Uh, it's uh, it's a Netflix series about uh, Queen Elizabeth. About uh, Crown and Seven? No, not that. Also, I just watched. But you're on Netflix. Okay, Netflix. that's the perfect Zoe. example. That's a. It's well, a, that's true. That's not live. It, okay. It's on demand. I guess news and sports. News and sports would be what I would watch live. Right. Because well, and you know, Tom, I don't know if you mentioned this to Joe. I would ask Kenny, but he's chewing. Yeah. Kenny, what do you got? Do you <laughs> I watch traffic cams. Come back? The, yeah. other, um, the other thing that I think factors in a little bit to the NFL ratings, and forgive me if you already mentioned this, is the Red Zone channel. Because outside of a Vikings game, I that's what I'll have on. I don't watch. I do you watch the Scott Hansen Red Zone or the Andrew Siciliano Red Zone? Whatever one is on Dish Network. Will all of this make Jack Benny come back? I didn't know that there was two different versions. I thought there, there was are. just one. There's the, uh, yeah. I think it's the Andrew what's his what's his name. I think that that's the one I watch. You'd be happy to hear that. Okay. But they, yeah, there are two different reds. Okay. Here's the point though. So even if you are watching live television, mm-hmm. and all of a sudden the you know you're watching and the commercials that come on are not anything that you would ever buy. Mm-hmm. You know, a tampon commercial comes on. I'm gonna switch. You're probably gonna switch. Yeah, right. Well, if you're watching it online, yeah. and if you're selling the product, not everybody's gonna get the same commercial. You're gonna be frightened by. The existence of the technology. However, if you're watching things through Amazon, through Twitter, whatever, the ads are going to be targeted to you okay. because they're going to have data on you're what, you're, mind what you're watching on the internet and everything watch. else. So all of a sudden, all the ads are going to be things that you love. When have you watched it through Twitter, Joe? Tell me the last time. That happens a lot. Uh, <laughs> By we'll accident. Be, we'll be back in just a moment. But here's John Height in the newsroom. Thank you, Joe. It's cloudy and 32 degrees in Minneapolis and St. Paul. Wild will try to keep their win streak going tonight. At home, they play the Nashville Predators at the Excel Energy Center. High school football semifinals going on at U.S. Bank Stadium today. Uh, in nine-man today, Spring Grove beat Stephen Argyle Central High School 27-7. Uh, the second game, well, in 2A, Caledonia is leading Painesville 42 to nothing at Yikes. halftime. Close one, huh? Yeah, it's not a good show. What about there. tonight? Winona plays Academy of Holy Angels at 4.30 and 4A. And in 6A, Maple Grove, hot off that uh, big comeback miracle win, yep. takes on undefeated Eden Prairie. Big game. Winhawks, black and gold. Big game. Did Mata Midai get uh, kicked out early or something? Were yeah, they they're ever, not in it. Were they ever in it? I don't believe so. I'm All not right. sure. Did they get beat by the Raiders? By Creighton? No. I'll look. Uh, Joe, really quick, uh, we have a Twitter question for you uh, sure. because you did not know that Tom had switched from the USA Today to the NFL Network. Right. Uh, Reavers, this is from Michael on Twitter. 
Boy, wait until Such finds out that Pat now writes for the Star Tribune. I was out there amused, Tom, that you got Joe involved in any sort of technology conversation. Yes, very well done, sir. Yeah. Very well done. When that happens with me, it, he pretty much just goes, I don't know anything about that. Yeah. And we quit. We, there's a lot more fertile ground here, too. <laughs> we'll save it for next time. I'm watching everything live. Bridge <laughs> building really? documentaries, yeah. Wow. Yeah. You use the backup button though, right? The pause and the uh, reverse. You'll you'll rewind and, and re- have that? rewatch something you just missed. <laughs> no, I don't have that. I don't think. I'm pretty sure you do. Oh. You can pause a you, program you while you step into the kitchen and make yourself a sandwich. Really? Yeah. I'll have to try that sometime. You never DVR anything. Nope. Wow. Other okay. people do in the yeah. house. I don't. You know, like when you go make your lunch at ten fifteen. No, I got it on live that point when you have your two cookies and glass of warm milk <laughs> no, at 10 15 no, no. Oh, interesting I have to do that during commercials i don't have cable or satellite and i never watch anything live i still watch it on demand mm-hmm. so i'm proud of you you're a snob i am a snob you're right news notes from today a growing national outcry over sexual harassment reached the senate today when a radio newscaster accused al franken of kissing and groping her without consent during a 2006 USO tour of the Middle East before he took public office. Franken almost immediately released an apology to the newscaster, Leanne Tweeden, who said that Franken forcibly kissed her during a rehearsal and groped her for a photo, a photo as she slept on a plane following the tour. She supplied a picture of the photo. Franken wrote, the first thing I want to do is apologize to Leanne, to everyone else who was part of that tour, to everyone who has worked for me, to everyone I represent, and to everyone who counts on me to be an ally and supporter and champion of women. I respect women. I don't respect men who don't. He said, the fact that my own actions have given people a good reason to doubt makes me feel ashamed. The statement, the second statement, significantly longer and more contrite than his initial response, which didn't stop controversy over the matter. At a press conference, asked if she would call on Franken to step down. Tweeden said no, barring the emergence of any new accusations. <laughs> various officials and Franken himself calling for an ethics committee investigation into the incident. Meanwhile, pro-family leaders in Alabama standing with Judge Roy Moore today as he faces growing allegations of sexual misconduct. Leaders of various religious organizations held a press conference announcing their support of Moore and presenting a letter signed by pro-family leaders and pastors from across the nation. After over a dozen faith-based leaders spoke on behalf of Moore and his character as a candidate, he took to the podium himself. He thanked his supporters for their words and addressed the mounting allegations against him, calling them untrue and slammed them as having no evidence to support them. Uh, really quickly, back to the high school football and a note that I think all of you will enjoy. John Millay, who covers the Minnesota State High School League, for uh, he does a great job on Twitter. There's a radio broadcaster calling this Spring Grove Stephen Argyle football game for the folks back home. His radio gear isn't working, so he's calling the game into his cell phone. <laughs> wow. Back to the radio wow. station. Gotta do what you gotta that do. That is spectacular. And thanks for that look in sports. Right. <laughs> Owatonna knocked off the Matamidae Zephyrs, Kenny. Owatonna did. Yes. Okay. Hated Owatonna. University of St. Thomas has received a record-setting $50 million gift for undergraduate student scholarships from a Minnesota philanthropy started by one of its most accomplished alumni, real estate developer Gerald Roundhorst. GHR Foundation's gift is the largest ever given to a Minnesota college or university for scholarships and the kickoff for an ambitious drive to raise $200 million which would double the St. Paul-based university scholarship endowment. I already received a message from a, uh, a junior at St. Thomas mm-hmm. praising that donation and hoping for a chance at some of that action. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 
Charles Manson has been hospitalized in California, and uh, it doesn't look good for old Just Charlie. die. The 83-year-old brought to a Bakersfield hospital. Authorities refused to disclose any details about his condition, citing privacy laws. Manson, of course, serving several life sentences, was also hospitalized back in January. Since arriving at the Bakersfield facility this week, Manson's been wheeled around the hospital on a gurney for treatments guarded by five police officers. Source familiar with the conditions told the website it's not going to get any better for him. Ben Garicki, uh, get this, a Manson groupie who regularly posts prison calls with the inmate on his YouTube channel. So he's a buddy, apparently. Mm-hmm. He said Manson was brought to Mercy Heart Hospital with heart failure. Garicki said, I don't believe he will leave the hospital. It's heart failure and his body is shutting down. That's a shame. You think when they wheel him around, people try to pose for pictures with him? Hey, 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 slow down a, a selfie? Bit. Get a little selfie going <laughs> with Charles laying there. I bet when they wheel him around, they don't avoid any bumps. <laughs> right. Think Threshold. They, <laughs> think yeah. they pull the blanket off yeah. the bottom half of yeah. him so yeah. they see how tiny he is. Yeah. Imagine being the overnight nurse. You turn the corner with like another little sad cup of juice. And, oh, my God! <laughs> you look just like Charles Manson. <laughs> a new face could be serving lakeside dinners at Lake Calhoun next year. Last night. What, 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 what? Lake what? Lake Lake. I just wanted to hear one more time. On Wednesday night, the Minneapolis Parks and Rec Board's Administration and Finance Committee approved a five-year lease with Lola's on the Lake. Currently, they lease out the restaurant building to Tin Fish. The lease with that restaurant runs through December 31st. They had offered Tin Fish a 15-year deal earlier this year. However, the owners declined. Tin Fish has been serving food at Lake Calhoun for the past 14 years. The MRPB selected Lolo's on the Lake out of 12 proposals. According to the Parks Board, menu items would be crab cakes, wings, rib tips, street tacos, salads, and fish and chicken. Is it a sit-down restaurant? Yeah. Huh. Where is it? Yeah, where is it? On Lake Calhoun? Is it at the boat launch? Is it it in that building at the boat launch? It must be. That's the only building on the lake. I I don't know. John, you got to get out. Good job, John. Way to go, John. That was very informative. Appreciate it. It's over there, right? It's over it's, on the lake. It's over by the lake. Take there. a lake, walk. Lake Calhoun, yeah. Don't yeah, you guys I mean, ever get out or what? Right. <laughs> That's how you do it. Turn it around. Good job. <laughs> a North Carolina woman won the lottery twice on Sunday. First time netting ten grand. The second time, $1 million. Michelle Shuffler said she and her husband don't normally play the lottery, but on Sunday they had a few bucks in the pocket, so they decided to give it a shot. The couple stopped at the Cupboard Express gas station at Lenore, North Carolina, and won their ten grand on a million-dollar fever scratch-off ticket. Uh, they were in disbelief, but they decided they'd press their luck once more. Shuffler told the NC Education Lottery, We saw the game had a million-dollar prize, so we thought, why not try to beat the odds again? They went to the Murphy Express gas station in Granite Falls, about 22 miles away from the Lenore gas station. They bought another million-dollar fever ticket and won one million dollars. John, I know what a guy. That one there, John, Kenny? I know a guy that last Friday won a hundred dollars at the uh, Richfield VFW. Is that you? It's <laughs> very, uh, very exciting. Can, can I borrow some money? <sighs> wow. Okay. Then. <laughs> Let's see. What, what, I what thought it was an upbeat story on I'm a positive Thursday. Trying to uh, find what yeah. the interest. How about this one, Kenny? Taylor Swift left some fans. No, that won't, that won't do it. <laughs> That's why I'm reading it. Uh, Shocked some fans by dropping by a Tennessee Target store to pick up a few things, including her new album. What did she that guy her own album? What did that she guy did. do with that hundred bucks from the? He rolled it over, bought more pull tabs, yeah. and lost it. Lost all, all oh, the money. Didn't he? Yeah, See, yeah, you got to know when to quit. What yeah. an idiot! Yeah. God, yeah. he's not very smart. 
Uh, Taylor, uh, she approached fans and video chatted with their friends who missed John? out on the surprise. Yeah, Kenny. I have a question about. Yeah. I think we're leaving that. Kenny. That's a good idea. We'll see you in a while. Okay. Uh, speaking of the dam, did you see we have a cause of death for Walter Becker finally? No. He had esophageal cancer. Really? He, he was diagnosed only four months before he dies. Wow. Yeah, his wife uh, released a statement yesterday saying, we're sorry, uh, but obviously we had other concerns. That's why nobody was... How long ago did he die? Yeah, two months, right? Oh. Mm-hmm. Something like that. Yeah, so four months and then you're dead. That's, that's not good. Huh. New Zealand police pulled over a man this week because he was driving... While playing the bagpipes. <laughs> Hard to do. <laughs> I didn't know I could play the bagpipes. <laughs> Acting Sergeant Bryce Johnson said uh, the driver didn't have their hands on the wheel at any time, and he was clearly playing the instrument while driving the car. The officer, Johnson, said his off- or his fingers were going a million miles an hour. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> What this all sounds like a gigantic euphemism. Yeah. I, I, I've had the urge to play the bagpipes at the wheel before. What's the state? What state is this? Uh, it's in New Zealand. New Zealand. New Zealand. I yes. see. Uh, the do- driver denied the allegation. Said he was only playing the air bagpipe. Ah, but, like rookie with the air right, bass yeah, guitar. Like the bass. You got to right there above the nipple here. But uh, there were bagpipes in the car. Uh, the officer did let him off with just a warning. Uh, Johnson said when he was found, this man. Police were on the lookout for people driving while using their mobile phones, and uh, they never expected to find somebody playing the bagpipes. I was dropping off my car this morning at LAX. Turned around, the guy parking his car behind me at mm-hmm. the rental car place mm-hmm. gets out with noise-canceling headphones on. <laughs> oh, boy. Fully wow. on. Wow. Oh, boy. Wow. No- nothing about that strikes you as probably inappropriate. It's definitely illegal. Yeah. No. yeah I still see bicycle riders wearing those things. I don't think Oof. they're noise-canceling, but, yeah, that's dangerous. Uh, Listen to me. I sound like an old man. You did, yeah. yeah. You know what? I don't give a rat's ass. Was he on your lawn, too? Thanks, Grandpa. I don't care. (laughs) A McDonald's drive-thru window became a squeeze-thru window for a woman who apparently needed some fast food. Surveillance video shows her worming her way inside the drive-thru window, helping herself to a soft drink, and making off with a box of food. Well, that window's kind of high, isn't it? So she's kind of got to jump up and pull herself in, right? The video posted on the Twitter feed of Howard County Police in Columbia, Maryland, shows the break-in early on November 5th when the restaurant was closed. The woman reaches through the window for a soda cup and tries unsuccessfully to fill it from the dispenser. (laughs) So that was the problem. Those windows don't lock? I guess not. At that point, she then manages to squeeze herself into the restaurant through the small window, grabs the soft drink. The camera zooms in on her uncovered face. The woman puts a box of unidentified food items through the window and leaves. Police say she is still. Well, it's closed. What what food would have been prepared? Yeah, frozen, frozen French fries. Frozen burger. Fries. You can leave them out for a while. It'll thaw out a little bit, you know. <laughs> uh, this guy, very bad at his job. A convicted felon arrested in connection with a series of home burglaries in Metro Phoenix after he left inside one house a resume and inside another house his cell phone. 39-year-old Aaron Sullivan accused of stealing items worth more than almost $225,000. Why was he bringing a resume with him? Well, apparently he had applied for a job before that. They just found a binder in the house with his resume. Police said they're not sure why. Uh, the next house, they did find his cell phone, though. Uh, this man's name, by the way, is uh, Sullivan, uh, first name Jim. Uh, Jim Sullivan, the uh, Surprise Arizona Police Department, that's the name of the town, confirmed camera equipment and a gaming system were stolen from a home in Surprise. 
When I questioned, think it's pronounced surprise. <laughs> <laughs> when questioned, Sullivan denied any involvement in the burglaries, despite uh, some of these stolen items being found in his home. That's not mine. Officials found luxury watches hidden in cereal boxes in, at his kitchen. <laughs> the documents say additional items from different residential burglaries were found. How do you remember where everything is? Sullivan being charged with theft. <laughs> Put those watches in the Lucky Charms, <laughs> but I can't find the earrings. <laughs> You've got a good point. <laughs> A man called police while Collier County Sheriff's deputies in Florida were chasing him Tuesday morning. The sheriff's office report says it started because the suspect was acting suspiciously. They walked up to the car and smelled marijuana. Deputy spotted a baggie that contained a green leafy substance. Suspect grabbed the bag, put it in his mouth, and sped away. The man then called police saying, I need help. There's a police officer chasing me. <laughs> For no reason at all. Just amazing. That's not how it works, sir. Just amazing. <laughs> it gets better. Eric Friedberg, the man, uh, then uh, he, was tried, he was told to pull over by the operator, but he wouldn't do that. Uh, then he said he'd like the operator to call his parents. He said, please call my mom. Please call my mom. Then he took it a step further and said, uh, could you please call the president? Donald Trump is a close friend of mine. <laughs> Also, also told the operator... Got to give it a shot. Yeah, yeah. why not? <laughs> That's fantastic. Also, if, they, if they go for it, you're off the hook, right? right? Also told the operator that he and the president had made a deal. <laughs> Friedberg then changed gears and tried another strategy. My mom called me and said she's in a car accident in Homestead. Could you please go investigate? Did he hit on the uh, dispatcher at all? No, he did ask not. Her, ask her for the number. Yeah, he sounds kind of pretty. He's kind of cute. <laughs> got a number? Deputies eventually got off, uh, got him off the road and the phone. The report says deputies searched the car, found glass pipes with burnt leafy residue on them. Friedberg is being charged with tampering with evidence, resisting an officer, and two counts of battery on an officer. Uh, authorities say the same woman led officers to vehicle chases through Southern California on back-to-back days. Orange County Register said that a day after leading officers from Orange County into the Los Feliz area, a woman led officers yesterday morning on a second chase. That chase went onto freeways and streets before the car became stuck in traffic at an intersection. The Los Angeles Police Department says officers tried to pull over the driver Wednesday for possibly being under the influence. They chased the same woman Tuesday for violating a restraining order. Did they catch her on Tuesday? uh, They caught her on Tuesday and Wednesday. Okay, both both days. Uh, Jail records say after the second day, which was Wednesday, she was pulled out of the car and booked at the sheriff's Santa Clarita Valley Station on suspicion of evading arrest and was released. After posting bail, I only ask John because I have heard instances on the uh, scanner where they're chasing a car on Thursday that they chased and then uh, stopped the chase the day before. Ah, so they pick it up after the fact. Yeah, yeah. no, they they just end up chasing the same right. guy two days the in a row. The next day, yeah. sure, I huh? gotcha. Yeah, <laughs> got it. The uh, Massachusetts man authorities are calling the spelling bee bandit because the notes he passed to tellers during multiple bank robberies in the Boston area had the same spelling error as pleaded guilty. 34-year-old Jason England pleaded guilty to four counts of bank robbery on Wednesday. Let me guess, he used your, Y-O-U-R, instead of Y-O-U apostrophe R-E? He did not. Dang it. Every bank he was at, he uh, wrote that there was a robbery in progress, but it was R-O-B. E-R-Y. Ooh. Forgot the B, huh? Yeah. Right. Yeah, you got to double that one. And that must be the way he thought it was spelled because it was four different banks that he had the same note. A robbery, R-O-B-E-R, in progress. He does face up to 20 years in prison. <laughs> You've lost Kenny. Uh, Kenny's, Kenny's, Kenny's got to go do Kenny's time. done with you. 
And a suspect robbing a Houston donut shop handed out donuts to customers whose cell phones he stole. The Star-Telegram reports the robbery happened at 3 in the afternoon at Shipley's Donuts. <laughs> get it? Uh, get it. Donuts. Police released surveillance video this week that showed three men wearing hoodies and bandanas robbing the store. While two of the men were behind the counter demanding the cash from the registers, a third took the cell phones of the two customers in the store, but then he jumped over the counter, exchanged words with the customers, apparently asking them what they'd like to eat, and picked out two crullers, which he handed to them on wax paper. They proceeded to eat those. The suspects then left the store. Police say they are still searching for the men who have not been arrested. Are they guilty of anything then? Well, they did steal money from the... They requested account. stolen items. Yeah. I would think that potentially could have some liability there. Well, that's a good point. There was a kid when I was in uh, in Matamidi who wrote, Father Howard is an ass Ooh. on the garage door of the rector. <laughs> yep. But he spelled it A-S and they knew instantly who they were going after. <laughs> <laughs> Tom Pelissero, who is with the National Football League Network, not USA Today, is your Patrick Royce ride home today. What do you got coming up? Plenty of football. Mm-hmm. Kevin Seifert will join us, as he always does on Thursdays. Also, we'll get to the hot Minnesota Wild and their hot goaltender, Devin Dubnik. Tom Chorsky is going to uh, join us as my microphone gets away about uh, 4.15 mm-hmm. this afternoon. We'll make some picks, you are too. Really having trouble I don't, with I'm that. not sure what's going on here, but this thing... Uh, are you going to stay it over It might have been over-greased. Or move over here. No, I think I'm going to move now. Yeah. yeah. Uh, not a lot of people know this, but uh, Mr. Chorsky's got a daughter that plays for Edina. Mm-hmm. And uh, she is mighty good, and she's very young. I think she's only a freshman. They played. Uh, my daughter played her the other night for my Hornets. Yes, six to three. They beat United, but Edina's got a whole bunch of recruits. So don't forget to talk about high school hockey with this guy. Put it on the list. All yeah, right. they got a really good team. Fifteen hundred ESPN is KSTP St. Paul, Minneapolis. It's thirty-two degrees, and Tom Pelissero is coming up next.